Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Trevally Mining Corporation second quarter 2020 financials and earnings conference call and webcast. After the speaker's remarks, there will be a Q&A session. If you would like to ask a question during that time, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad. You may press star 1 at any time during the call to enter the queue. I would like to remind everyone that this conference call is being recorded. I would now like to turn the call over to Brendan Creaney, Trevally's Vice President of Investor Relations. You may begin your conference. Thank you, Mariama. Good day, everyone, and thanks for taking the time to join the call this morning. Before we get started, I'd like to direct your attention to our forward-looking language on slide two. Our discussion today may contain information about the company's future performance. Although forward-looking statements are based on what management believes to be reasonable assumptions, actual results may turn out to be different to these forward-looking statements. For a complete discussion of the risks, uncertainties, and factors which may lead to actual operating and financial results being different from the estimates contained in our forward-looking statements, please refer to our latest MD&A filed on CDAR dated June 30, 2020. I would also like to mention that this conference call is being recorded and a replay webcast will be available one hour after today's call. In conjunction with this conference call, there is an accompanying PDF presentation available on the events section and the corporate presentation section of Trevally's website under the Investors tab. The link to our live webcast is also on Trevally's website under events. Moving to slide three, the main presenter today is Rick Grimbeek, Trevally's president and CEO, and accompanied by Amber Johnson Billings, Trevally's chief sustainability officer, Derek Dupreez, Trevally's chief technology officer, and Matthew Quinlan, Trevally's interim chief financial officer. Amber, over to you. Thank you, Brendan. Moving to slide four, you can see an update on the COVID-19 measures we have put in place and continue to refine in order to protect our colleagues and the communities that we operate in. As reported during June and July, workers at the Santander mine in Peru tested positive for COVID-19 during a routine serological testing. In response, operations at Santander were suspended and all 298 workers on site were safely quarantined and underwent further testing using polyamorase chain reaction tests. While most workers were asymptomatic, three people did display mild symptoms. We're sad to report that one of the three people continued to develop serious COVID-19 symptoms and succumbed to COVID-19 on July 15th. We were all deeply saddened by this tragic loss of life and immediate counselling and long-term financial assistance provided to his family. We've modified the controls in place at Santander to include pre-site access polyamorase chain reaction tests these have a much higher validity than the serological tests and we've been using these tests for every person transfer since we began the safe restart of Santander in mid-July. As many governments continue to relax virus controls, we're not relaxing our controls. This is in order to protect the health of our people, communities and operations. We will remain vigilant and will continue to adapt as new information and technology becomes available. Thanks. Rickus, over to you. Thank you, Amber. Um, and turning to slide five, we have significantly advanced our key priorities in the second quarter. We've made 
great headway with our T90 program. At the end of the second quarter, we've implemented $30 million of sustainable efficiencies and are forecasting by the end of the year, we will have implemented $43 million of the $50 million target, with the remaining $7 million expected in the first half of 2021. This put, puts us clearly on track to deliver our all-in sustaining cost of 90 cents per pound by the beginning of 2021. We've also removed $37 million of discretionary capital spending for the full year 2020. This number is less than the $41 million value we previously indicated as we have further invested in the RP 2.0 expansion pre-feasibility study and plan to restart exploration drilling activities at Pacoa to continue drilling the exciting T3 deposit. Given the progress made on the T90 program, the $37 million in one-time cost reductions and the stabilizing operations under the new normal, the company is issuing updated production and cost guidance for the remainder of 2020. I would like to highlight that the lower all-in sustaining costs for the second half of the year of $0.89 cents to $0.97 cents we are guiding to. In the zinc market, we have seen the price of zinc recover to pre-COVID-19 levels. The price currently sits at $1.08 a pound um, and is 32% higher from the four-year low of $0.82 cents a pound. It reached back in March. We are watching these movements closely. With respect to the near-term liquidity, I'm pleased to say that we put out a press release last night announcing up to an additional $45 million in liquidity through two facilities. $25 million is being made available from our existing lending group through the amended revolving credit facility, and $20 million from Glencore, our largest shareholder and partner. Both these facilities were arranged at a competitive interest rate of LIBOR plus 5.5%. With these facilities and a covenant waiver until the end of the year in place, our immediate liquidity concerns are behind us. We can now focus our efforts on other two main priorities, safely delivering our T90 program to sustainably reduce our cost structure and permanently deleverage our balance sheet. Moving to slide six, um, in the second quarter, we achieved payable production of 66 million pounds at a C1 cash cost of 93 cents a pound and an all-in sustaining cost of a dollar five a pound. We also accomplished this safely with our total recordable injury frequency remaining flat relative to the previous quarter and improving 33% over the same time last year. COVID-19 had a significant negative effect on the price of zinc and financial results in the second quarter, as the average quarterly price of 89 cents a pound hit our revenue and therefore our bottom line. Payable production was also directly impacted by COVID-19. At Santander, as a result of the state of national emergency declared in Peru, mill operations were suspended for a period of four weeks during April. Milling resumed in, on April 29th and concentrate, concentrate transport resumed on May the 14th. Then on June 26th, operations were temporarily suspended as a result of workers testing positive for COVID-19, with operations restarted on July 15th. At Pacoa and Raspina, lower head grades were mined and milled and in the quarter, which contributed to lower overall crude production. Despite the lower production relative to the first quarter, our unit costs were lower, proving that our T90 program is progressing as planned. Currently, Pacoa, Raspina and Santander are producing at full capacity, 
with comprehensive COVID-19 prevention measures in place. I will now hand over to Derek to provide us an operations update. Thank you, Rikas. <clears throat> Moving to slide seven, we will be limiting the on-site workforce at Santander for the remainder of the year to help prevent the spread of COVID-19. This includes a reduction in underground development activities to focus on safe ore production. At Rospina, we are undertaking shift schedule optimizations, which will assist us in meeting our goals of maximized productivity and the safety of the workforce whilst minimizing operational costs. The lower head rates and lower production that Rick has previously mentioned were due to unplanned dilution at one of the stubs mined during the quarter. As you can see from the graph, malt autons dropped slightly due to the this dilution as a result of lower productivity from the stub. We continue to work on the RP 2.0 expansion study during the quarter and will be publishing the results from this PFS shortly. At Perkawa, we had an increase in mold tons in the second quarter. Zinc production was lower and unit costs were higher as a result of lower grade stubs in line with the mine plan. For the remainder of the year, the head grade should come back to around the 12.6% levels as we move back into higher grade areas. Lastly, at Caribou, we continue to study a number of value-enhancing opportunities while the oper operation remains on care and maintenance. On slide 8, we have provided a longitudinal section of the western ore fields at Rospina and highlighted the block in a cross-section where the dilution occurred. We had several high-grade rings planned with grades of approximately 10.5% zinc, however, saw at least 15% of unplanned dilution which reduced grades for the stoke below plan. In addition to a lower average grade of 7.2% realized for the quarter, large boulders and slabs were encountered at the draw points, leading to lower productivity and throughput during the quarter. We have completed a geomechanical study and have since made changes to stoke design parameters that will increase stability and reduce dilution going forward. This, together with other improvements we are introducing, will prevent a reoccurrence in future. Moving to slide 9, at Perkawa, we had lower quarterly payable zinc production due to mine sequencing, as we were in lower grade areas of the mine, averaging 10.8% for the second quarter. The longitudinal section on the right visualizes the steps we have been active in during quarter 2, as well as the areas we plan on being active in for the remainder of 2020. The stopes have been color-coded to show head grades lower than and greater than 14% respectively. We have deferred the higher grade 310 level salt pillar originally planned for the second quarter to the third quarter to confirm technical parameters and to conduct an initial trial blast. We will be back in the higher grade areas of the mine including the 310 level salt pillar for the second half of the year and will see zinc production increase to previously realized levels. Back to you, Rick. Thank you, Derek. Um, on slide 10, we've provided our reissued production and unit cost guidance for 2020. <coughs> Excluding Caribou, on a consolidated basis, the payable production ranges effectively remains the same as our initial guidance that we provided at the beginning of the year, at approximately 300 million pounds of zinc. Where we differ is in the all-in sustaining costs, which reflect the acceleration of the T90 program and reduced capital spent. We are guiding this metric for the first half of the year, uh, for the second half of the year, at a meaningfully lower range of 89 cents to 97 cents per pound, and expect that the all-in sustaining costs will be at the higher end of the guided range for the third quarter and trend lower in the fourth quarter as initiatives from the T90 program continue to be implemented and their benefits realized. 
The full year costs reflect the annual benchmark treatment charge of approximately $300 a ton in accordance with our offer agreements. Also of note is that we've assumed freight savings which we expect to realize in the second half of the year. Moving to slide 11, um, we've provided updated capital expenditure guidance for 2020. As previously mentioned, we've reduced our discretionary capital expenditure by $37 million relative to the original guidance we issued at the beginning of the year. From a sustaining capital perspective, the material spent at COA will be on expanding the tailings facility to provide for future capacity. At Rashpina, the majority of spent will be in the underground development. We are also excited to restart our exploration program at Pakoa on the T3 deposit and will be conducting drilling for the remainder of the year, which is reflected in our exploration guidance. With that, I will pass over to Matt to discuss the financials on slide 12. Thank you, Rickus. COVID-19 had a negative effect on the zinc price and our financial results in the second quarter. The decrease in revenues in Q2 to 42.7 million is attributable to the 21% decrease in zinc sales volumes as compared to the first quarter as a direct result of lower production that Rickus and Derek discussed, as well as the lower price of zinc that averaged 89 cents per pound in the quarter, a decline of 8% from Q1. This was partially offset by one of two annual zinc uh, lead shipments uh, from Rosh Pina in the quarter. C1 cash costs of 93 cents per pound in the second quarter as compared to 96 cents per pound in the first benefited from the cost savings and efficiencies of the T90 program, by-product credits from Rosh Pina, and the suspension of operations at Caribou, previously the company's highest cost operation. These benefits have been offset by the decrease in payable zinc production. Despite the lower payable production, all-in sustaining cash costs in the second quarter of $1.05 per pound improved compared to $1.10 per pound in Q1 for the same reasons as C1 cash costs, as well as sustaining capital expenditure savings. The T90 program contributed to approximately five cents per pound in reduced ASIC in the quarter and increased revenues by approximately 1.3 million in the quarter. Adjusted EBITDA of negative 5.7 million improved from negative 6.6 .6 million in Q1 despite lower revenues due to the aforementioned cost savings and lower cost of sales recognized due to lower sales volumes. Adjusted EBITDA in the quarter does include 3.9 million of care and maintenance costs related to caribou in the second quarter. Turning to slide 13, we've provided details to the liquidity solution that Rick has touched on at the beginning of the call. We've secured up to an additional 45 million in liquidity through two facilities. The first is through amendments to our existing revolving credit facility, which provides an incremental 25 million and the second is through a new Glencore credit facility of up to 20 million. Amendments to the revolving credit facility remove the minimum liquidity requirement of 15 million and increase the available amount under the facility by 10 million. Uh, financial covenants have been waived until the end of 2020. The facility bears interest at LIBOR plus 5.5% and the maturity of the facility has not changed and remains September the 18th, 2022. With respect to the Glencore facility, up to 20 million is available and will be advanced to Trevally in amounts equal to the volume of dry metric tons of zinc concentrate we deliver to Glencore in a given month, multiplied by the difference between the annual benchmark treatment charge and the average monthly spot TC. Advances under the Glencore facility will be applicable to deliveries of zinc concentrate between June 2020 
and December 2020. Both the maturity date and interest rate of the Glencore credit facility are aligned with the revolving credit facility terms. Now over to you, Brendan. Thanks, Matt. On slide 14, we highlight the movement of the zinc price over the last 14 years. Over this period of time, there have been two major events which have seen the sudden and significant drop in the price of zinc and then its quick recovery. We believe in 2020, we are in the midst of a similar event. The zinc price hit a low of 82 cents a pound in response to COVID-19 and the weakened demand outlook for the metal back in March. As of today, the price of zinc has recovered to $1.08 a pound as there have been a significant curtailment of, to global mine production in the first half of the year and a number of projects which were expected to provide future supply have been deferred. On the demand front, the outlook for zinc is strengthening as government infrastructure investment is expected to be used to help spur economic recovery from COVID-19. This backdrop should continue to provide fundamental support for zinc prices over the course of 2020 as we believe demand will outweigh supply. Moving to slide 15, visible warehouse stocks for refined zinc remain close to historic lows and reduced relative to the first quarter by 14,000 tons to an overall 220,000 tons or an estimated six days of global consumption. This inventory level is well below historical averages of approximately 18 days providing further evidence of support for a higher zinc price. Upstream in the zinc market, the differential between the annual benchmark treatment charge of approximately $300 a ton for 2020, which was settled back in late March, and the spot market continues to show a significant divergence. The average monthly difference between benchmark and spot TCs was $115 a ton in July. This demonstrates that smelters continue to be short of zinc concentrate and have lowered their treatment charges to incentivize miners. If this trend continues into 2021, then we should anticipate that the annual benchmark for next year will be set lower than the $300 a ton that was set for the year 2020, and Trevally will be in a position to realize some of these savings. To give you an idea of the impact treatment charges have on our business, we estimate that for every $10 decrease in treatment charges, this equates to approximately one cent a pound increase in margin. With a current difference of $115 a ton between benchmark and spot, this would equate, equate to about a $35 million increase in margin if annualized over 300 million pounds of production. Rick, it's back to you. Thank you, Brendan. Um, turning to slide 16, I will reiterate how we are advancing our key priorities. We have secured an additional $45 million in liquidity and continue to work on permanently delivering the balance sheet through the ongoing strategic review process, which includes, includes such things as looking at asset sales, joint ventures, earning agreements, and other sources of external capital. Moving forward, we will continue to operate with the health and well-being of our workers and communities as our number one priority, while delivering on the T90 program and capturing the value of an improving zinc market. I would like to publicly thank our board, Glencore, um, and our lenders for all their support during this uh, tough period and also our workers and our management team for the great effort that they put in. With that, um, Operator, we are happy to take any questions. Thank you. As a reminder, to ask a question, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. To withdraw your question, press the pound or hash key. Please stand by while we compile the Q&A roster. Your first question comes from Orest Wau Koda with Scotia Bank. Your line is open. 
Oh, hi. Um, good afternoon, and uh, I guess good morning out in Vancouver. Um, questions about the, the balance sheet. Uh, your free cash flow burn has been fairly significant, uh, I think, um, uh, both in Q1 and Q2. I'm just curious um, where you think, um, how close you are to, to reaching free cash flow neutrality. And then in regards to the T90 program, how much capital is left to spend on this beyond uh, the end of 2020? I'm just wondering how much do you need to spend next year to achieve those uh, cost targets? Thank you. Um, thank you, Aris. Uh, good to hear from you. Um, I think I will I will pass the, the question on um, the balance sheet to Matt. Yeah. Hi, yeah, uh, It's Matthew here. Um, yeah. In terms of the, the the cash flow of the business, you'll see notably in, in the first three uh, in the second quarter of this year, our operating cash flow before working capital changes was only negative, you know, two million dollars. There was a large working capital uh, adjustment also because of the, uh, the shutdown of, uh, of Caribou, so that was, that was one time. So you'll see the working capital delta of approximately $9 million was largely due to that. In terms of the, the go-forward uh, plan, I think we're obviously very close to um, free cash flow positive because if you were going to, if you put, put in our guidance and make assumptions to yourself on the, on the, zinc, on the zinc price, uh, we've provided fulsome guidance on capital and and also ASIC, so I think so. I think that provides a pretty good marker as to uh, the the cash flow generation of the business in the second half of the year. And I think the second quarter is also instructive, where on an operating basis we on, we only spent two million dollars in a in a very difficult uh, environment. Yeah. And and maybe to also then just talk about the T90 program, um, you know, I'll ask David to give a bit more detail on this, but you know, the reality is that we've got a, a project pipeline of about 90 different projects that deliver um, the $50 million savings that we've identified. Um, some of that is, um, is uh, um, price and, and, and also um, you know, additional production, but a lot of it is just straightforward cost savings. Um, not not usually capital intensive at all. So, but Derek, is there anything um, that you see that we still need to spend capital on? Um, yeah, none of the specific initiatives um, does have any large capital outlay or, or, or projects. Um, and eighty percent of the fifty million is pure cost savings driven through either price or, or demand changes. Yeah. So I think that that answers your questions, Oris. And it's, it's great to see a positive uh, share price. Great. Thank you very much. As a reminder, it is star one on your telephone keypad to ask a question. Your next question comes from Stefan Iono with Cormark Securities. Your line is open. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, good to see the restructuring on the, on the, on the liquidity side. Um, just maybe, I think you kind of an actually answered my question, but maybe just a little bit more minutia. Um, uh, on the T90 program, you know, going forward, uh, it sounds like, again, it sounds like it's a, it's a number of, of, of smaller projects that in aggregate, you know, give you the $50 million savings. but um, are there are they spread across the three operations pretty evenly? And uh, are there any sort of particular notable um, uh, opportunities or initiatives that you know are kind of critical path, if you will, to, to really achieving that 43 by year end and 50 million going into next year? Um, hi, Stefan. Great to hear from you. And um, yeah, yeah, thanks. Thanks for the acknowledgement on the on the facility. It's been a massive effort, as you can imagine, during pretty tough time. But you know, great team effort and great support from um, Glencoe and our lenders. Uh, really grateful for that. Um, on on T90, um, it is a, a whole of 
company efforts. You know, it is um, everywhere. Everyone is, is climbing in to find additional savings. Um, but I'll, I'll ask, ask Derek to maybe just highlight one or two of the, the initiatives that we're doing at Pacoa um, and also at, at Rospina around um, some of the cost savings. Thank you, Rikas. <clears throat> the largest contribution is specifically from the Pacoa operations and then secondly from, from Rospina. Um, some of the ones that specifically at Pacoa um, are revenue ones. Um, so the iron ore free float that we've shared before, that contributes um, quite significantly. Um, it used to be about 4.8, but it's going up to about $6 million um, per annum. Um, and then as I've mentioned, um, some of the work we're currently doing at Rospina around the shift optimization um, is an area that we see that will deliver f um, further, not just savings, but further um, productivity improvements as part of the program. Yeah, maybe I can also just add, you know, there's, so there's a lot of work we're doing implementing our digital program to make sure that we we get our, our drilling um, direction and, and, and hole depth and designs right so that we can make sure that we get the best possible blasts. And you know, I think Derek also mentioned earlier on the work that we're doing at Rospina um, to redesign some of our blasts to make sure that we don't um, get the dilution that we used to get in the past. So all of those are, are some of the projects we, we're launching into. Okay. Okay. Great. And just just on the on the Rosh Pina 2.0 study, I know I know the study's coming out soon, but again, you're you're sort of going to hold off on the formal just go ahead decision for a while. It, should we think of that as being predicated on first just getting T90 off the ground, or is is it more sort of geared towards just higher zinc prices or just better market outlook in general, or both? Um, uh, thanks, Stefan. Yeah, that, that's a good good question. But you know, we don't really want to give all our great news in, in one go, so we we're spreading the, the good news out a bit. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, it, you, you'll see when the study comes out, you know, and, and it, it's quite imminent um, that we'll be putting that out. It, uh, and you can make up your own mind, you know, on, on pricing and, and, and okay. volume. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very uh, positive about, about the project. Um, I think it, it, and it's more than just a, um, you know, expansion project. It's actually creating a, a world-class asset um, for a world-class ore body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's great. Thanks very much, guys. Your next question comes from Brian MacArthur with Raymond James. Your line is open. Uh, good morning, I guess, for you guys. Um, just quickly on the Glencore facility, just to be clear on how this works, is it based on tons shipped by December 31st or tons produced? I mean, given the pipeline of how, how things work there, I'm just trying to figure out how much access to the facility you, you, you would have. Uh, thanks, Brian. It's Matthew Quinlan here. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's tons uh, shipped, and rather than tons produced. But uh, we're confident that the two are you know are awash in the second half of the year, so uh, you can substitute one for the other. Yeah, okay. maybe so I can just, Sorry, go ahead. Maybe I can just chip in there that um, you know part of the work that we've done over the last twelve months to to get um, you know our, our logistics chain really working like a Swiss block. Um, it, we, you know, we we we've we've taken out a whole bunch of stock out of the system, so there's a very much produce, produce sell uh, mindset at the moment. Great, thank you. That's very clear. And just to be very clear, if for some odd reason all the smelters shut down or a bunch of them did, and the price went above 300, I assume there's no negative true up or something on this deal. It, it it's capped and only works one way. That's correct, Brian. Yep, you're absolutely right. Great. Thank you very much. Your next question comes from Oscar Cabrera with CIBC. Your line is open. 
Uh, thank you, Operator, and, and good day or afternoon, everyone. Um, just wondering, you know, you comments on treatment charges. Um, obviously, that would take, you know, we ease of uh, the pressure on your margins. Um, can you remind me of the of the sales or concentrate that you make? Uh, it's all in the, you know, attached to yearly benchmarks, or do you have material going to the spot market as well? Um, yeah, thanks, Oscar. Good year from you. Um, yep, yeah, all, all our production is, is um, linked to the benchmark um, number. That's a contractual arrangement with our off-taker. Um, so we, we've got nothing exposed to, to spot at the moment. Great. And um, can, you, can you also remind me the, on your T90 uh, target, uh, what uh, benchmark are you assuming? And what uh, metal prices are you assuming as well? Um, I think the, so. When we set um, T90 back in November last year, we used $250 a ton as a as a, um, a benchmark uh, TC number to to get to the 90 sets. So, but what we've currently baked into our forward-looking numbers is the $300 a ton. Okay, so $300 a ton for the for the T90. Is that right? Rest of this year, yeah. And then next next year it will revert back to 250 because that's what we believe um, is more more the right level for benchmarking or for benchmark TCs. Right, right. And then just following on the same uh, vein, uh, Rick, is uh, the metal price assumptions for this year uh, when you're providing your your guidance for for cost. Um, our, our costs are don't don't really uh, aren't really linked to to metal prices our, ourselves. Um, so um, I think Brendan has spoken to the outlook for zinc, and you know we're happy to see it at the current current price. But yeah, and I think the, the the main thing is that we don't put one one price in for our forward looking. We we do we focus on on a, a couple of scenarios. So we look at um, you know we we do sensitivities around the dollar ninety five cents and ninety cents. Um, to see, um, you know, what, what the right actions would be. So we don't have like a, a one one um, line we put in there. Right. I just mean in terms of your byproducts like silver and lead. Oh. Oh, okay. By, byproducts. Um, those would be um, fairly close to the current levels you're seeing trading in the in, uh, in the market. Okay, that's great. Right. Uh, just you know, to lastly, just uh, to congratulate you on the uh, on the amendment to the to the uh, revolving credit facility. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Oscar. Really appreciate that. There I think no. that's it for today. Then. Your your next question comes from David K with PVT Investor. Your line <coughs> is open. Hey guys, I'm uh, just wondering about Caribou. Um, do you have any plans to uh, to reopen uh, the mine, and uh, what price for zinc is is needed to do that for it to be profitable? Thank you. Hi, David. Great to hear from you. Um, yeah, you know, as you know, we put um, Caribou on care maintenance, and we didn't take that decision lightly. Uh, beginning of the year, uh, we're studying a whole bunch of different um, 
uh, opportunities. You know, we've we've been looking at, uh, as you know, that we've we've done quite a bit of a, a good work over the last 12 months at Caribou to get our recoveries up to close to the 80% on zinc. Um, we've done a, a, you know, we've we found some additional volume, um, and you know, but we we're doing a, a number of further studies on the the tailings, um, the gold in the tailings potential. We're looking at at ways of of creating a a bulk concentrate because the reality is caribou needs a higher zinc price than the current levels um, to be able to to be profitable. So um, we'll we'll keep on working at that and um, and and we'll keep the market informed as we find new um, potential ways of running it. Thank you very much. Yeah, I just uh, I'm kind of interested. Like, uh, what price for zinc do you actually need for caribou to be profitable? <coughs> Excuse me, to be profitable. Yeah. Uh, as I just uh, explained, no, it, it, it depends on a whole bunch of different factors. Um, you know, we, 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 if, if we can find ways to, to treat a bulk concentrate, the, the price will look very really different to if we just um, carry on operating the way that we used to operate. So there are multiple different scenarios that you can run to. Um, and, and, you know, we, we definitely would want something that's closer to our T90 targets uh, for Caribou um, so that we, we can... Um, always keep caribou running even through tough times so for me I'd, I'd much rather take the time work the studies um, find a way to run it closer to the 90 cents all it's sustaining um, than to quickly um, ramp it up when the price pops um, so um, just just keep keep um, watching and keep um, listening to what we're going to be publishing on, on that over time okay uh I guess you're saying it's like maybe six months uh, out before you restart, possibly? Yeah, that might have got lost in translation. I didn't hear myself say six months, but, um, you know, I think uh, all I said was keep keep listening to what we and, and following the um, the studies that we publish um, and, and see, you know, I, I can't predict where the price is going to go even tomorrow. So it's very, very hard for me to give any point uh, um, assumptions there. Thank you, David. Great to talk to you again. Thank you. There are no further questions at this time. Thank you very much for dialing in. As a reminder, there is an accompanying PDF presentation available on Trevally's website under the Investor tab. You will also find a link to the recorded webcast presentation on the events page. This concludes today's conference. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time. Call, you may now disconnect.